lions and tigers and narcissists? Oh my. Narcissists and narcissistic behavior is all around us. Many of you have suffered at the hands of a narcissist. This battle is one that leaves a devastating trail of destruction and can be difficult to recover from. It also requires much healing. On today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast, we're going to talk about journeying to a land where no woman ever wants to go, into a relationship with a narcissist. We'll identify the red flags of narcissism, shed light on the destruction that narcissists cause, and most importantly, we'll learn just how to rid our lives of that nasty narcissist so that we can repair the damage and move on. Are y'all with me? Let's get to healing, ladies. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Unspoken Cycle Podcast, where women of all ages and stages in life can find guidance and solace from life's everyday stresses. In each episode, we'll tackle a range of topics, including relationships, health, fertility, self-love, careers, mental illness, and more. Stay Stay tuned tuned. for valuable insights, personal anecdotes, and the comfort of knowing you're not not alone. alone. Here's your host, Leah Vaughn. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of The Unspoken Cycle. I am Leah Vaughn, your host. How are y'all doing today, ladies? I hope you're well. I hope you are enjoying your day so far. It is a really weird, sunny, stormy day here in Florida. We have, my wife and I have spent the weekend doing chores around the house. Yesterday, we washed out our cars and spent some time in the pool, barbecued supper. Yeah, it's been a great weekend so far. I am enjoying it. I do have to say I'm not sure that I'm really enjoying the weather in Florida. This is only our second summer here. And it's pretty quirky the way that there are many torrential hurricanes throughout the day. Um, it definitely throws me off. It will be really sunny one moment, then like hurricane force winds, rain and thunder and lightning the next for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then it's sunny again, like no clouds in the sky. I don't know. I'm from California. I'm from the Valley in California, about two hours Southeast of San Francisco. I'm used to really hot, dry heat in the summer. And this weird, humid, stormy crap is hard for me to get used to, I guess. So yeah, I really don't like heat period, but I guess if I could choose either, I would rather the dry heat because this humidity is like gnarly. It's gross. But anyways, so last night we ended our day watching a horror movie Um, I am a horror movie buff. It's my favorite genre. I love scary movies. I don't know if it has anything to do with my obsession with abnormal psychology and the crazy things that people do, but I will say that I do love scary movies. So we watched the Evil Dead Rise movie. It was really good for those of you who also like scary movies uh, or horror movies. It was a good movie. And I highly recommend it. And it 
actually is a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, the horror of narcissism, real life horror. Ladies, let me tell you, if you are listening to this because you have been in a relationship with a narcissist or you were in a relationship with a narcissist, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Narcissism is destructive. It is something that literally destroys people's lives. And the individual that dishes out all the destruction knows what they're doing and unfortunately is so immersed in themselves, they have very little capacity to no capacity for empathy or compassion for those that they are projecting all of this behavior onto. So I wanted to talk about narcissism today because so many people have been intimately involved with a narcissist and it can be really difficult to know how to heal from that. Um, I also wanted to talk about narcissism today because narcissist, narcissistic, narcissism are words that are thrown around in our culture today to anybody. And I think it's important to have a clear understanding of what it really is and what it really looks like. Someone who we know or maybe dating or married to or whatever, who may have selfish tendencies or maybe there's times that they're arrogant here and there, you know, or maybe we're just mad at them and we think that they're, you know, not thinking of us. And those are not examples of when to call someone a narcissist. I think we automatically think narcissism means someone's selfish or self-centered, which that's a characteristic of narcissism for sure, but it doesn't mean it's fair to go around calling everyone who has a self-centered moment a narcissist. Yes, people can have really shitty behavior. However, a true narcissist is someone who is diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. I guess you can say that we as humans all can have narcissistic tendencies and moments where we're focused on ourselves or, you know, maybe we're a little egotistical, maybe we're upset that we failed at something and that comes out through our behavior. However, uh, again, I just don't agree with calling anyone who pisses you off because you felt that they were selfish a narcissist. So today we're going to clear up what a narcissist really is and the textbook clinical criteria for someone who is diagnosed as a narcissist. I do um, think that it's important to know these things. So we'll walk through the characteristics of a narcissist and what that looks like. We'll talk about how it affects us in our lives and some of the ways that we accommodate narcissism in an intimate relationship. And then, of course, we will definitely talk about how to break free from the narcissist, how to heal, how to move on, and how to live our lives again without being in the embrace of their clenches. So let's dig in, ladies. You're listening, You're listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Embrace your female within. First, I want to start off with the good old handy dandy Merriam-Webster definition of narcissism. 
Narcissism is defined as inordinate fascination with oneself, excessive self-love, or vanity. In a psychoanalytic perspective, narcissism is defined as erotic gratification derived from admiration of one's own physical or mental attributes being a normal condition at the infantile level of personality development. Keyword infantile, meaning big old babies. Really, seriously. So that's the standard definition, according to Merriam-Webster, of what a narciss- what narcissism is. However, someone who is truly a narcissist and has been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder gets a nice, juicy clinical diagnosis. And in order to be diagnosed clinically as a narcissist, they have to meet several criteria. So they have to be more than egotistical or selfish in order to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. (laughs) To clear up any confusion and make sure that we truly understand what narcissism really looks like, I am going to read to you from the DSM-5. If you have any clinical knowledge or experience, you know that the DSM-5 is the Bible of all Bibles for psychiatric disorders. It is specifically titled the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. I have this bad boy on my desk at all times. I work clinically for a prominent psychiatrist in Manhattan. We deal with a lot of very intense and serious mental disorders, and narcissism is a common one. So I have seen hands-on in many, many patient cases the ugly face of narcissism. So I do feel very confident about the information that I'm sharing with y'all today. All right. Narcissistic personality disorder, diagnostic criteria, a pervasive pattern of grandiosity and fantasy or behavior, need for admiration and lack of empathy, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following. So in order for someone to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, they must have at least five of the following nine criteria. Quickly, I will go through them. Number one, has a grandiose sense of self-importance or exaggerates achievements and talents, expects to be recognized as superior without commensurate achievements. Number two, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Number three, believes that he or she is quote unquote special and unique and can only be understood by or associate with other special or high status people. Number four, requires excessive admiration. Number five, has a sense of entitlement or unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or his expectations. Number six, is interpersonally exploitative, or takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Number seven, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Number eight, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And number nine, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitude. Narcissism is complex. It's intense. It's extremely manipulative. It's all of these things. And let me tell you, narcissists know they are narcissists. 
It's not like they have no idea that their behavior is completely atrocious. They're very self-aware. It's interesting to me because narcissists are some of the most vulnerable, weak individuals that have the lowest self-esteem. Isn't that why they try so hard to live this grandiose life and have this grandiose self-image and want everyone to idolize them as well? The irony is that narcissists will break down everyone around them just to build themselves up. And they don't just do this in intimate relationships. Narcissists are like this in all facets of their lives. In their career, family relationships, friendships, everything. When you when you have any sort of relationship with a narcissist, chances are you know they're a narcissist in that capacity. And they break down everyone around them. They belittle everyone around them. They diminish everything around them to build themselves up because they're so weak. They're so insecure. And for those of you who are listening today, a lot of this is familiar, right? You understand the ugly face of narcissism. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the characteristics of narcissism. We already went through the clinical diagnosis. So that's clinically what is in place if someone is diagnosed as a narcissist. But there's a lot more to it. So we talked about their grandiosity, their need for admiration. They boast a lot. They're conceited. They have fantasies of power and brilliance and, and beauty or this idealism of love. And they create their own reality in their head with that. They typically think that they are much more talented and gifted and educated than they truly are. Yet they're very fragile. They're extremely entitled people. They want to be catered to. And when that doesn't happen, it's not them. You're the problem. They expect to be given everything that they ask for. No questions asked. Oftentimes in their intimate relationships, they will choose to be with people who they can easily manipulate in order to enhance their self-esteem. Isn't that disgusting? That's just sickening to me. They'll use their intimate partner as a pawn for their own ego. They purposefully take advantage of people emotionally, socially, intellectually, financially for their own gain. If you bring your concerns or feelings to the table, they think you're weak. They prey on that weakness because for them, that's an opportunity. They're opportunists. It's vulnerability. They're going to manipulate that to benefit them. They absolutely lack emotional empathy. They don't even know how to begin to relate to people, especially people they love. They certainly don't know how to do that. And then again, they have low self-esteem. That is why they do what they do. That is why they are who they are. So we have a better understanding now of narcissism and what it looks like for someone to be a narcissist. We painted a picture of the face of narcissism. How does that affect us? Uh, We're in a relationship now with a narcissist. How is that impacting us? It is literally 
destroying us. We begin to essentially conform to the needs of the narcissist. They're master manipulators. They are expert gaslighters. They will convince us to trust them and then gaslight us when we may see a red flag. Or they may mask their narcissistic characteristics so well that we don't even see the red flags. And then guess what? We're gaslit like hell and begin to question ourselves. I'm the problem. It's me. Maybe I'm crazy. And then what happens? Our self-esteem plummets. We're no longer confident. We don't feel like we can trust our own judgment. And then what happens? We become passive, obedient. We want them to love us. We feel bad because we think it's our fault. We start to take accountability for their actions. We start to feel shameful and guilty. We begin to walk on eggshells. We don't want confrontation with the narcissist. We want to show them they can trust us, that we're lovable, that we're worthy. We become codependent on their narcissistic love because they convince us we're not worthy and we need that validation from them. And in the end, they have us right where they want us, their pawn to validate themselves. It's terrible. They're predators who seek out our hearts and souls for their benefit. Being in a relationship with a narcissist is so hurtful and so damaging. And then we find ourselves wanting a way out. We find ourselves losing who we are on the inside. We don't know who we are anymore. We essentially sacrifice ourselves, the biggest sacrifice you can ever make for anybody else, not for the narcissist. Ladies, we should never sacrifice ourselves for anybody else. In an intimate relationship, that is not the kind of sacrifice that's needed. Being in a relationship with a narcissist is dangerous. So what do we do? How do we change it? How do we even know where to begin? Staying in a relationship with a narcissist will continue to destroy you. Of course, I do understand the importance of prioritizing safety when leaving a toxic relationship. Sometimes it's not as easy as just packing your bags and leaving or breaking up with them in whatever way you feel you need to. So you have to make the decision that's safest for you. However, the first step is removing yourself from the narcissism. That person will continue to break you down as a human being. You will continue to feel less than. You will not receive compassion, love, or anything that you deserve from that person. They aren't capable of it. They will not give you what you need. If you've previously been in a relationship with a narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're currently in a relationship with a narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You will be unfulfilled, broken down, and less than for the entirety of that relationship. And you need to know it's not your fault. You didn't ask for this. 
they showed you all of the right signs when you began to get to know them. First impressions are everything, right? We want someone to like us and want to get to know us more. And so we try our best to give a good first impression. Narcissists are the same way. If anything, they probably try the hardest because they're, they want their charm and manipulation to wrap you around their finger from day one. So they're going to make sure you want to continue to be around them. They're going to make sure you want to get to know them better. They're going to paint a pretty picture for you, for sure. So you didn't know that this is how this was going to end up. It's not your fault. You didn't ask for it. You certainly don't deserve it. But in order to actually regain control of yourself and your life, you cannot be with that narcissist anymore. You need to heal. You need to build your self-esteem back up. You need to relearn who you are to the depths of your soul and embrace it. You need to regrow the love that you have for yourself because it is still there. It's okay to take that first step. It's okay to say, I love me more than I love the idea of catering to your love for yourself. Once you're able to make the decision to heal your life and to break free of the clenches of the narcissist, then what do you do? You embrace the journey of healing. Stay Stay tuned. tuned for more empowering conversations on the Unspoken Cycle podcast. You'll hear me talk about healing a lot in this podcast. I am 100% coming from a perspective of we all have had traumatic circumstances. We've all had situations in our lives that have left a negative impression on us. We all need healing. So if you're coming out of a relationship with a narcissist, whether it's recent or whether it was years ago, or if you are taking the steps to leave a narcissist, you got to heal, sister. Where does it start? In my opinion, healing starts with therapy, especially after being in an intensely narcissistic relationship. Not everybody agrees with therapy. Therapists are not just people who listen and give advice. They are extremely experienced in how to help you navigate moving forward. You need more than a good group of friends to talk to. You're probably suffering from PTSD anxiety, maybe some paranoia. I'm sure there are triggers that are coming up. How do you cope with those things? Learning how to cope is going to be an extremely important part of the healing process. Everybody copes differently. Maybe you journal, maybe you go for walks, maybe you have an emotional support animal. Coping includes a healthy self-care routine, which is all of the above. Self-care is not just massages and bubble baths. It's anything that allows you to emotionally care for yourself in a good, healthy way. Going and having a drink every time you get stressed out or triggered is not healthy self-care. Drugs are not healthy self-care. There are a lot of things that we want to do sometimes to numb our mind and to quiet it down that are not healthy. So we have to work to create a healthy self-care routine, healthy habits. What does that look like for you? Support groups are another great way to heal. 
it's important to be able to talk to people who have similar experiences and can understand the devastation of where you're coming from. Support groups 100% provide that. Being able to open up and be honest and transparent when you're ready, of course, with like-minded people can make all the difference. Now, support groups aren't for everybody. Some people just don't feel comfortable talking to strangers or being in a group setting, and that's totally fine. But for some, they really do work. And if you're that person or if you're even willing to explore the idea of it, I highly encourage that. Having a well-rounded support system is so crucial when we're at a broken place in our life and we need to heal it. Healing also includes equipping ourselves with the knowledge to identify red flags in the future. Now, we don't want to manifest a new relationship and plummet forward too quickly. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there will come a time when you are ready after you have healed yourself, taken time to care for yourself and love yourself and rebuild who you are to the core, there will come a time when you're ready to talk to someone new and maybe dabble in those waters again, date a little bit, get to know other people. It's important to know and feel confident that you can identify any red flags that may come up. I also don't want to manifest that you're going to run across somebody who has a ton of red flags. However, it's possible and you just want to be realistic about preparing yourself for those situations if they arise. Write down what the red flags are. You don't have to keep a sticky in your mirror and memorize it, but just educate yourself enough to know that if something comes up that seems familiar in a negative way, you can have that conversation with yourself that says, this seems like it's a red flag. Maybe I should look into that further. Maybe I should ask someone what they think and talk about it. Because just like the narcissist wanted to make the perfect first impression for you, other people will too. Most people have great intentions. Some people do not. And then it's also important to detach from other people who have narcissistic behavior. Just like a drug addict or alcoholic shouldn't surround themselves with drug addicts and alcoholics. If you have friends or family members who have narcissistic tendencies or display narcissistic behaviors and that's triggering for you and upsetting for you, It's okay to distance yourself from that person and it's okay to detach from those relationships. That's going to be extremely triggering and difficult for you to be around someone who reminds you of the person you just healed from or that you're trying to heal from. So you just have to put yourself first. It's important. It's critical. It's crucial. It's a thousand percent necessary so that you truly can heal in the right way that's going to benefit your emotional well-being. Once we begin our journey to healing and really begin to love ourselves for who we are, that's when we can truly move forward. Reclaiming our lives, regaining our mental well-being, and knowing that we didn't deserve that will allow us to embrace our future. For everyone listening right now, 
no matter the reason that you're tuning into this episode today. You are loved, you are unique and special in a beautiful way. You are not deserving of the mistreatment that's been handed to you ever. You are worthy of a healthy relationship. You are worthy of another person's admiration and love for you. Please don't sacrifice yourself in the name of someone else's benefit. There are people out there who will genuinely care for and love you the way that you so deserve. You deserve respect. You deserve compassion. You deserve to be treated like a human being. That is what you deserve in your life. Do not allow anyone else to convince you otherwise. If you see the red flags, explore them. Don't ignore them. You will find happiness, fulfillment, and joy in your life. You will be okay. There are some resources that I want to share with you. There are a couple of books that I think are extremely helpful in learning more about the characteristics of narcissism, as well as how to heal from narcissism and narcissistic relationships and the abusive destruction that it causes. The first book is The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist. Recognizing the Traits and Finding Healing After Hidden Emotional and Psychological Abuse by Debbie Mirza. Keywords in her title, Hidden Emotional and Psychological Abuse. Narcissists are so extremely manipulative, they will try to hide that manipulation. There is an absolute air of emotional and psychological abuse that goes hand in hand with narcissism. The next book is Recovery from Narcissistic Abuse, Gaslighting, Codependency, and Complex PTSD by Linda Hill. This is actually a workbook and an informational guide. So if you're someone in your journey who wants to learn more about what you've been through, how to cope with it, how to identify some of the things that you experienced in that relationship and you need a little bit more than just the reading material, this is a great option for you because it comes with the workbook. So you can do the work and read the information. The two of those go hand in hand. It's also really important for us to understand the depths of narcissistic abuse and what the gaslighting really does to us and how we truly do become codependent on that narcissistic behavior of that person, which results in the complex PTSD that Linda talks about. So I highly recommend the workbook and the informational guide in this one. The final book is called, Why Is It Always About You? The Seven Deadly Sins of Narcissism by Sandy Hotchkiss. This book dives deeper into the characteristics in the face of narcissism and what that looks like. It identifies the traits and in identifying that will help you to better understand red flags if if you see them. So this is a great book to begin to learn about narcissism and what it really looks like. Ladies, there are narcissists all around us. 
narcissism exists all around us, but it does not mean that we have to be the victims of it. You have survived a narcissist. You will rid your life of that nasty narcissist. It truly is a war that must be fought and will be won. And just like all of the devastating wars around the world, after the path of destruction and devastation, the grass grows again, the grass grows again, the flowers bloom, the birds chirp, life resumes itself. The destruction and the devastation in your life are not permanent. The grass will grow again. Your flowers will bloom. And you will hear the birds chirping. I promise you that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. If you have not yet, please like and subscribe. And remember, there is a private community of amazing women waiting for you at theunspokencycle.com. Join the sisterhood. We are waiting with open arms. Until next time, ladies, take care. Thank you for listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Remember to embrace your female within and connect with our community at theunspokencycle.com. Until next time, take care.